1: Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most
2: bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years.
3: Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Monday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the militia. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us. We appreciate all of you. With Syracuse basketball on a brief hiatus, we're here to give you our thoughts on that season going forward. And As as well as the early signing day stuff. So uh, that was 15th through the 17th of last week. We watched a bunch of those roll in. How many was all, all together, Joe? 13?
2: You don't know, do you? 13, I think 14,
3: actually. 14. Okay. With the transfer? Yeah. Okay. And there was a late punter, or long snapper, excuse me.
2: No punter? You're right.
3: Both. One of each. One of each, one of each,
2: one of each. I don't remember the long snapper, but...
3: Yeah, that was, uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, I thought I had him on my list for you.
2: No, I don't think he was, so... Uh, Ethan Stangle.
3: So, yeah, anyways, um, so we talked about Michael Jones. I don't think we did. Really?
2: Yeah. Okay, well, he's he's returning, so that's really good
3: news. Yes, Yes. yes. So, leading tackler for Syracuse last year. And a huge, a huge part of that defense, as well as the leadership on the field and experience, and he's decided to come back, which is uh, obviously I hope a huge. Does too. What's that?
2: Hope Garrett Williams does too, but
3: yeah, so that's still up in the air. Uh, obviously, that would be a that would be a huge loss as far as uh, secondary goes. But um, Michael Jones coming back is amazing. It was a pleasant surprise, and I'm just glad he made it official sooner than later. So that's, that's something to look forward to as, you know, y- y- you look at this recruiting class so far for 2022. And I mean, it's not, it's not like jumping off the table to me. So, uh, I mean, yeah. that's just me and I'm not And so, so, you know, I mean, if, if, if you haven't listened long enough, um, Joe's more, I can watch, ta- I watch tape, and i get excited about everybody that's that's how i that's how i do it we all know that it's not reality and i know that too that's why i always preface the tape stuff but um just you know i mean i feel like it's incomplete obviously and hitting the transfer portal super hard is going to be a must here soon and also not just that but the coaching issues with you know joe um might as well do that real quick. Bronco yeah, well, that's what I was down. Say I, so.
2: I think that it's a situation where um, they had the guys that, you know, they really liked. I think we had some, some surprises on signing day that added to that. And uh, like he said, in uh, his presser, he's only halfway through. So, I mean, I, I think we still have somewhere between 11 and 13 scholarships that we can give probably when it's all said and done. And, you know, we still got guys uh, that are in the transfer portal that, you know, they don't have to. Decide until the summer of next year, right? So yeah, there's
3: no, there's no
2: right. So I mean, time. we're going for some guys. I know Jared Verse is one of the guys that they're talking about, the the, the DN from Albany, Albany yeah. that um we're going for, but he's starting to get recruited hard by bigger schools. And um you know uh Dino Babers was talking to Matt Park and said you know he's they got their transfer portal wish list, but I think a lot of this too is you know you want to keep those options open for. I mean for instance um just talking about it, like you said, the coaching right now, you know, we know we have an offensive um, coordinator vacancy. And right now they're saying that they're looking at um, former Virginia offensive coordinator, Robert Anai and the current quarterback coach, Jason Beck uh, from Virginia as well. So, and we all know Brock and Mendenhall, he, he stepped down and uh, they're going to be going through a coaching change. And, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, you got a situation where I mean, these guys were recruit recruiters at Virginia, right? So now you have a situation where you can bring in these these two coaches. And, and I mean, by the way, just to let you know a little bit of background with them, um, Robert Anai was um, came up as an offensive coordinator and um, inside receiver coach, slot receiver coach for a while. And from 2013 to 2015, he was the offensive coordinator at BYU, and Jason Beck was the quarterback coach. And then they both went from BYU to Virginia and they were both the um, exact same, you know, uh, positions at BYU that they were in Virginia from 2016 until current. So these are guys that have, you know, two guys that have been together for, you know, eight years and uh, you know that they're part of recruiting. And if you can get these guys in here, um, I'm sure that there were some guys that were recruiting for Virginia um, and some people they were talking about that they could probably maybe flip or, uh, get to come to Syracuse. So I think, um, finding an offensive coordinator and finding those type of coaches so that, you know, um, and also no matter what, even if it's, whether it's Virginia or whether it's somewhere else, these coaches that they're going to bring in had been recruiting for this other school. Right. So, um, that's going to give us some, some advantages to maybe some players that we weren't recruiting or we're talking to at that point so to keep that part open and to be able to also right now you have it up till what the first wednesday in february or something like that to uh, you know still recruit uh, high school players so you can go and find diamonds in the rough and stuff like that so i mean i look at it as you know they're keeping their options open and uh they got the guys that they think are going to help them uh he's returning 17 to 22 starters so You know, you got the starters kind of on lock, you know, but you need to fill that kind of depth for special teams and just in case of injuries and stuff like that. So they're trying to pick the guys that are going to best fit those positions. So um, I'm going to give them some patience. I'm going to give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt, but uh, hopefully we can find uh, new coaches for these positions and they can bring maybe some more options to the table. And uh, as long as they fill those spots and get the depth, uh, then I'm, I'm cool with it.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not looking for an overnight change. All I'm saying is is that if it doesn't improve, it's going to be even worse next year, despite some of the returning players. But right. there's plenty of time. And as yeah. we all know, this doesn't end. Uh, it goes all the way through till God knows when. Uh, actually, it never ends. It's, it's, well, I mean, it doesn't like ever stop. It doesn't ever stop.
2: Next year's recruits and everything, obviously. Right. You know, they have uh, obviously high school and junior college players have a time limit right now. And obviously transfers go a little bit longer. So keeping your options open and keeping the available scholarships isn't going to kill us right now. Uh, if there wasn't people out there or players out there in the the high school pool that they, that we thought we were going to help. You know, we like I said, we have the starters, we have a good core of, you know, freshmen coming in. And now it's trying to figure out, you know, where we need to fit in the pieces and where we need a little bit more experience, where we might hit the transfer portal. And again, like I said, whatever coaches they bring in, they're going to bring in some players that they're recruiting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Which is the... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed.
1: So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
3: Plus side of that. But yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. Let's talk about first before we get started into the rest of the football news. And then we'll get into the... um, National Signing Day stuff. Um, Spotify Green Room. If you have not yet been to your iOS or Android store and downloaded this app, just so you know, if you haven't heard me say a thousand times, it's free. Go there, download the app. All you need is a username and email address and a password. Sign up. Follow us at QS Militia. Uh, You can go there at Qs Militia. Follow us and you'll get signed up for notifications. If you sign up for notifications, you will get notified per sign-up for notifications. that means. (laughs) You'll get notified when we go live. We usually go live during fan feedback. Try to keep it just during fan feedback um, so you guys can get on there and give us your thoughts. If you decide to get on there, you can either just eavesdrop in, you can chat, or you can request to speak if you request to speak. And I approve it. A little red microphone will hover above your icon or on your icon. You go ahead and hit that thing and say what you want to say. And uh, if you're been listening for a while you've either already called in and done this or you've heard it so it's really fun good way to for us to get involved with all of you guys and I'm I am a little disappointed to myself for not getting some of the uh, fan feedback stuff out for uh, the National Signing Day stuff so uh, that's on me look it's on me I took a week off and everything goes to hell you know how you know how it is so and I'm a little dis- I'm a little I'm a little depressed with the Syracuse basketball situation which we'll get into so anyways go to your iOS or Android stores now download the app it's free sign up follow us at Cuse Militia and sign up for notifications so you know when we go live all right okay real quick Joe uh, so we talked about Michael Jones out of order we talked about The coaches out of order. And uh, the only thing left here on that front would be Chase Atkinson. So um, he's entered the transfer portal. And, um, you know, he's been with us two years. DB, he's been with us two years and hasn't really acquired any stats. So obviously that's clear cut why uh, he's going to enter the portal and and go ahead Mm -hmm. and make moves out. So we wish him luck and, you know, just don't, you know, no, I'll tell you a, what, some of these happens. transfers have... He's the 15th, have, by the way, which I didn't know that number until I read it for, uh, f- at Syracuse SI. He's the 15th right. orange player to enter the portal.
2: Yeah. Well, some of these transfers, I mean, like I said, I, sometimes they're just not good fits. doesn't mean that they're... So a lot of these players are probably going to end up in lower schools, but you're seeing, like, I mean, Tommy DeVito went to Illinois. Uh, Tosh Harris is going to go to a Power 5 school if he doesn't get out of... As long as he doesn't, you know, gets out of his own way. Um, what is it? Landon Morris... Uh he transferred to Utah. Luke Benson, I think, transferred to Georgia Tech. Jeff canton Coup transferred to Memphis. So I mean these are all decent schools. So um you can tell. I mean, these guys they were they were good. They were good recruits, good players, but uh for some reason they just weren't a fit.
3: Yeah. Luke Benson to Georgia Tech. That's a th- those ones always burn a tiny bit.
2: <laughs> the ones in, in conference, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: But um if you if you do if you're interested in there is a transfer portal tracker. I think I mentioned it last episode Yep, um, on uh, Mike McAllister's Syracuse SI page, and everything there is updated, pre- I mean, pretty much every day. It was last updated Saturday. So um, you know where to go for all of that. Uh, as I mentioned before, the the latest one is this uh, long snapper, Ethan Stangle. He's committed to Syracuse as a preferred walk-on. He announced this yesterday. Uh, he's the 43rd best long snapper in the 2020 to recruiting cycle by Cole's performance camps, according to Mike McAllister, six one two twenty. So, uh, long snapper in okay. the works. All right. So, all right. With that said, let's start with with the. I'm going to go in order from first to whatever. And Joe, as far as signed, as far as signed, yes, National Signing Day. <coughs> Um all of this stuff, all of my information. I just like to cite it. And guys, I gotta be honest with you. If it's football, it's probably gonna be from Syracuse Sports Illustrated over there. And it's just easy. If you guys want to know anything about these recruits, there's a profile for every player. And you can get all the information you need. But or you can just listen to us and we'll just let Joe talk. Because Joe's a whole lot better at this than I am. (laughs) And to be honest, guys, when there's no games, I'm stir-crazy. I, I, I have no real huge sense of urgency to come do the show. i got to be honest. It's tough. It's tough. Joe loves it. Joe's been chomping at the bet. So. All right, let's start with Makai Mason, linebacker, 6'2", 220 pounds, out of Florida. Offers from Florida State, Georgia Tech, Indiana, Louisville, LSU, uh, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, and West Virginia. So, um, good pass rusher. Okay. All of the tape is at the top of each one of these profiles. You can sit there and watch that as you read. And, um, does, I mean, all, all the tapes good and all these guys. Okay. Joe, but what do you you think?
2: Yeah. I mean, you look at this guy and he does, he looks like a grown man. Uh, He's got the speed, the athleticism, the size already to look like he can come in and and help. And, And honestly, uh, just more and more i mean it's hard for me to i mean he's from florida i mean most of these florida guys come in and they and they impress so um i'm excited uh, we don't need him to come in and be a world beater but if he can come in and and, and kind of take the mentorship of mikhail jones and maybe be ready to take over when Mikel leaves after next year uh then uh that would be great so this is a guy that's probably gonna be able to come in help on special teams and i mean i'm definitely excited for this guy
3: yeah i mean it'd be interesting to see if uh, makai mason he, i think he's kind of a guy that can if he gets acclimated he'll get some play and we'll we'll see makai mason don't you think as a freshman
2: no uh, i mean i think that you'll definitely see him out there uh definitely at least f- for special teams um But, yeah, I mean, and and to preface all this, too, just to let a lot of people know, um, a majority of these these players are are multi-sport athletes, captains of their teams. Like, just they love football. Um, They just – and that's kind of the players that that Dino and and his staff has tried to, you know, recruit. So when I look at such a small recruiting class as well, I look at guys that kind of fit and check all of those boxes. So um, I don't want to sit here and regurgitate that for every single guy because right. almost every single one of these guys are team captains, but um, those are the type of guys that they have and they love football and, uh, you know, they, um, they're they going to come in and, like I said, all team captains. So, it tells a little bit of character about the players, that's all.
3: Dom Foster, defensive back, 6'2", 180, out of Ohio, Boston College, Virginia, Wake Forest were some other offers that he had. Um, he's got a receiver background in high school, and uh six two one eighty, got a couple decent size um this might be out of order, by the way. Um uh, a couple decent size uh defensive backs, man, in this well, in this group.
2: Yeah, and this guy's another I mean, probably one of the more guys I'm excited about, probably even more than Mackay. but um, you know, being ranked twenty-fifth in the state in the state of Ohio football in Ohio is really, you know, really, really good. And um, you know, according to two, four, seven sports, he's the second best, uh, recruit that we have, but, uh, he played receiver and he played, um, defensive back and he's labeled as an athlete. So this is a guy that, uh, can go either way. And I still think that, uh, his position is, um, is up in the air as far as if he's going to play a receiver or a safety or a corner or something like that. But the one thing about this guy, which you'll hear me say, uh, about a couple of guys uh, in the rec- recruiting classes. This guy's got speed, really, really fast. Like a, I'm pretty positive that you know, whichever side of the ball he plays on, then we're going to see that we're going to see the difference.
3: Cornell Perry, defensive back, six one one eighty, offers from Bowling Green, Buffalo, Central Michigan, Toledo. So not a ton of huge offers there. Um, another defensive back, Joe, um, not quite as big as Dom Foster. What do you think?
2: No, yeah, no, but he's a little bit lengthy, uh, 6'1", 175. Um, he played receiver as well, and he also played defensive back. He's also labeled an athlete in two four seven 4 7 sports. Um, but I think that this guy's got a defensive back written all over him, um, possibly a safety position. Just the way he comes down downhill, I mean, watching his tape, coming downhill, attacking uh, the run game, helping with the run game and being able to still have the – you know, the length to, to make the plays in, in past breakups, uh, in the past game. Um, he was one of our first, um, recruits, I believe. I think he might've been the first commit and, um, he's been solid the whole way. I think high character guy might not help us the first year, but, um, you know, one year in the, you know, the weight room and getting big, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's going to help us.
3: Uh, Adam, uh, Michigan, by the way, I think I missed that. Um, yep. Let's see, Belazare Bassett, defensive tackle, six-two-two seventy. Offers from Cincinnati, Illinois, Iowa State, Pittsburgh, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, and Washington State. Um, he's a big fan of the three-three-five, so that's huge. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, he's pushing pushing three hundred pounds, which is good. But um, you know, I don't know if this, if this fits in right away, but definitely needed, much needed defensive tackle. <sighs>
2: Yeah, and that again, that's one of those positions where I feel like they're going to hit the transfer portal with because I know that we're a little light there, Uh, but it's nice to see that he does have the size Uh, now six six what one and a half is a little short, but at the end of the day, it helps him get a little bit lower under the pads. And the big thing about this guy is, is like they talk about just just how fast he is off the ball, like his twitch and everything like that. So um, very fast off the ball point of attack getting being able to get the hands um, on the offensive lineman and being, possibly being able to get lower because of, you know, his, his size. So uh, you never know uh, with um, defense alignment and whether, you know, we saw Terry Lockett come in and he helped us this year as a true freshman. And I don't think he was, is, uh, didn't have 270 like this guy. So I guess his nickname is Benzo. And um, that's
3: easier to say.
2: Yeah, very easy to say, right? <laughs> way easier. Um, we've had other player. I can't think off the top of my head who we've gotten before from American Heritage, but um, we have had players um, from there I'm thinking, I want to say Antoine Cordy. For some reason I want to say that, but I may be completely wrong. Um, but either way, uh, this guy eventually is definitely going to help us on that defensive line because he seems like that nose tackle type that's just not afraid to get in there. And again, like I said, it's all about... Off the ball type stuff. That's that's what they're saying. His his strength is so obviously there's you know weaknesses because he's only a three star right. But at the end of the day, um, again, I don't, I'm not going to question guys from Florida.
3: Quan Peterson is next on the list. Defensive back, 6'1", 180 Again, uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned the dual the um, dual sport athletes. Quan Peterson um, with the basketball skills as well.
2: Oh yeah, he uh, they actually won a state championship at his high school. Uh, for basketball, um, and again, 6'1", 175 corner uh, ranked seventeenth in the state overall as a player. Um, just a great athlete. He's got the uh, the length and and the ball skills. You know, I think again playing basketball and and being a multi sport athlete, I think helps in certain aspects. So again, a little light, going to have to add some weight, but uh, his ball skills and I, I think he's got everything to have the makeup of a, of a lockdown corner. He just needs to get a little bigger.
3: Yeah, speaking of getting a little bigger, Joe Cruz, offensive line, 6'6", but 280. Joe, for the offensive line, I think probably needs to put on some weight. Other notable offers, according to Syracuse SI, Lafayette, and Stony Brook. Um, Out of New York, though.
2: Yeah, and that's that's the one thing is I think that this is a situation where they saw somebody because they know I mean how many offensive linemen did we pick up last year? <laughs> there was just like just seven or something. Just constantly right? I mean, offensive so,
3: linemen, yes.
2: Right. So we had so many. Um, so I think that we're a little we're deep there, and we still got starters coming back and everything like that. So I think that the two offensive linemen that we took this um, this recruiting period, I think they basically were guys that they thought they would definitely, that they could fit in, were perfect for their scheme. But after two years of maybe learning the system and getting a little stronger, you know what I mean? But this guy, yeah. I mean, he's ath- he's athletic, and um, they, they say that he's got some some things with, you know, being able to, you know, move and bend and get to different levels that, a, you know, offensive lineman needs to do, especially at 6'6", so, that, you know, defensive players don't get... Lower than him all the time. uh, That you just you know they just come natural and you can't teach. So you know that's a that's a positive that that you want to hear about that. But I mean, other than that, you know when you look at his, he's still a three star. But um, you know from Long Island in New York, maybe you know he got overlooked a little bit. Number eight player in the state.
3: I'm hoping so, but 280, it's a little light. In the loafers. That's a
2: little light right now, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's still a freshman in high school. and Absolutely. You no, know, like I said, he was the eighth-ranked player in the state, and there's fans and people that get on coach all the time about not, you know, recruiting in-state. In in state. So, you know, this is uh, a guy that they think that they can turn into something someday, and it's not going to be tomorrow, but a couple of years right, he uh, exactly. possibly could help.
3: Right, uh, Jeremiah Wilson, defensive back uh, out of Florida, 5'11", 175 pounds. Other offers from Arizona, Iowa State, Washington State. Uh, he he has some some skill turning over the ball. Six interceptions and three forced fumbles. So he's a ball hawk. And oh yeah, that's that's a lot of what we lacked last year. Now does he's you know I mean we lacked it last year. We need. Someone to develop into, you know, someone that can turn the ball over. It was one of our, our biggest downfalls from 2020 to 21, I'd say, it was a notable difference in the yeah. lack of turnovers. Yep.
2: And, and he made up the third and, and final Florida player that we brought in. And it's actually funny when I'm looking at 247 Sports actually right now. Um, between Mike Mackay Mason was ranked 145th in the state. Jeremiah Wilson, 148th, and uh, Belazar Bassett, 149th. So between 145th and 150th, we got three. out of, and, and like I said, Florida, they put out really, really good, a lot of really, really good players. Um, you know, Jeremiah Wilson, he seems a little short, but they say that his, his arms are, um, his wingspan is big for his size. 5'11",
3: all- 175, I, I expect him to be pretty damn quick, too.
2: Oh, yeah. Real, real fast. This is another guy when you talk about the speed and uh, again, just a ball hawk. I mean, you talk about a rover type player like again, uh, when I watched his tape, it kind of reminded me of Cordy. Remember Cordy? Just mm-hmm. like a, just a, <laughs> just a fireball, just just cannonball going after the player, going after the ball no matter what. And uh, like you said, I mean, when you, when you play like that and you're a ball hawk, then, you know, sometimes good things happen, and sometimes you take uh, some risks and some bad things happen. But, again, he's an athlete, going to have to, you know, bulk up and everything, but definitely brings speed to that uh, secondary.
3: One of the top players out of New Jersey, too, is LaQuint Allen, another running back. So, look, we, we went from being very, very, very thick at running back to pretty damn thin, Cooper Lutz leaves right so we are extremely thin to say the least um uh, lequint allen comes in at 6 foot 180 some some decent size so other offers from Pittsburgh Rutgers, in virginia um now a decent backup joe i mean what do you what do you think what what are your expectations as far as allen goes for 2022
2: uh, i mean that's still I would hold on that one. Uh, would you just because yeah, because uh, I'm looking at it like It's a different kind of back, right? I think Josh Huff's gonna come in but that's you know, he's a a, a big kind of you know uh, power yes, back right? Yes, yeah, and uh, Sean Tucker's a little bit different and uh, after that there's LeQuint right so um, And it's always hard to rely on a freshman uh, no matter what the position is so yeah, I mean, I, I really honestly looked at this position as another position where we might be able to get someone from the transfer portal. Uh, I don't see a situation. I mean, I personally think that that's what should happen. I think that no matter what, even looking at it right now, you have to have more than three running backs. So, um, it's, I mean, it's going to be up to him to show up and well, show is, out once it comes to – but, I mean, he was the uh, Gatorade Player of the Year in New Jersey. Exactly. So, And
3: in, in, in also, I mean, we've got we've all got to basically come – to the realization that we are extremely lucky to have Sean Tucker come back for 2022. I wouldn't expect it beyond that. So a guy like Allen with, like you said, you know, potential behind Huff, who, to be honest with you, I totally forgot about, and shame on me. But Huff is, you know, with the tree trunk legs, I mean, he's a beast. I don't think that Allen has the physicality, and I don't don't think he has the speed of Tucker because – I mean Tucker in open space is just fast and I don't know if I saw that but um d- development wise I would be excited about Lequan Allen. So,
2: yeah, I mean he's our highest rated player. 60 and 247 is he? Sports has okay. yeah 247 Sports has him as the high, our highest ranked player um as nationally 779th uh position 61st best running back. Um so, I mean and when you, if you want to look at it like that, but, again, you also have to look at it like it's a running back that you Wheel. know that you have Sean Tucker coming in. So, realistically, I mean, if I'm Babers, I want to bring in a couple maybe more experienced backs and uh, use Josh Huff in a different way um, and possibly, possibly redshirt him <laughs> unless, unless he shows something that, you know, you need to have him on the field because right. that's what it's going to take when you're talking about a position against Sean Tucker because we had – Cooper Lutz and some other guys that have shown Abdul Adams that they could do some stuff on the field, and they barely got any playing time. So, um, right,
3: it's going to be tough to get playing time with with Tucker running the ball the way he did. But we're lucky to have what him I mean. back.
2: And that's why yeah. I see it's a situation where I can see unless he can if, unless he can come in and actually help the team win, or like Tucker gets hurt or something like that, um, then. And I mean, I'm not saying he can't help if Tucker wasn't there, but because Tucker's there, then unless it's beneficial for them and they need him to win, then I don't see any reason why they wouldn't retro this guy next year.
3: Chad Schuster, offensive line, 6'6", 280. Uh, look, same exact size as Joe Cruz. Mm-hmm. Uh, other offers, Bowling Green, Buffalo, Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Toledo. So,
2: Joe. Yeah. I yeah, mean, this guy. I mean, it's it's a little bit different when you look at the. Like I said, they they picked up these two offensive tackles, knowing that after a couple years and getting them to what they they need them to do, then they're going to be able to help us. Now, Chad Schuster still a very athletic, um, very good in the uh, run defense, finishing blocks, pancaking guys, and also in the screen, the screen game. Um, but again, there's um, certain agility things like he's fast. Like, as far as athletic, he's fast for a alignment. But there's still some movements and some level things that, you know, Joe Cruz has that he doesn't have. But, that, I mean, they both have things that each other doesn't have, but they still are incomplete. And, you know, obviously gaining weight and strength and, and you know, becoming more complete players is, is what those guys need. Um, and, again, uh, I think he's a pretty good get but I don't see a situation where him or Joe Cruz help on the offensive line for at least two years. Right, exactly.
3: Um, one of the top defensive linemen in the Northeast, Dennis Jacquez, uh, defensive end 6'4", Boston College, Maryland, Northwest, Rutgers, Texas A&M, some other offers. Out of New Jersey, um, by the way, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest as well. Um, what did I say, 6'4", 240.
2: Yeah. Yeah, this guy was the flip. Uh, we didn't see him coming, and he, uh, you know, he's Deuce Chestnuts from New Jersey. He's buddies with Deuce Chestnut, and uh, he was uh, going to Northwestern, and he ended up uh, flipping, coming here. And although he's only the uh, the third best player um, by two, two four seven Sports um, on our uh, in our recruiting class, I mean that's a pretty good get when you look at it. If we get a guy flipping the day of and he ends up being our third player i mean we had three players according to 247 sports ranked in the top thousand and uh laquint allen dom foster and jenis dennis jacquez are those three um now he's not ranked the highest but as far as position rank he is he's ranked 54th best um, edge rusher and um we know that that's the kind of stuff that we need this guy looks actually kind of perfect for the defensive end opposite the uh the linebacker that we normally, you know, put out there in rush in the three-three-five. So, um, this is definitely a really, really good get, and he's already got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the athleticism. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, with the guys that we lost in the situation with depth, um, this guy right here, I'm looking at um, to probably fill in so far over the players that we've talked about, probably the most. This is the one guy that I, out of everyone talked about so far, this is the one guy I expect. On the field, helping uh, uh, more than anybody.
3: Yeah, I mean, someone there's got to be someone to step up and and kind unless, of fill the void.
2: Unless, unless Dom Foster goes on receive to a receiver and just kills it, but I mean, those are the two guys right there. And the same with LaQuint, if he if he shows that he can take some some carries and get some some uh, screen passes and some running back passes, some third down back type stuff. I mean, those three guys are are the cream of the crop as far as our recruiting classes so far. And um, yeah, Dennis Jac- Jacques, he was a he was a great surprise and, and I'm really happy, especially considering the lost players that we have from the defensive line.
3: Syracuse's first transfer portal get is Braylon Oliver, defensive back six two, two ten. That's a monster for mm-hmm. for D B man. So he's gonna be coming out of Louisville, which is awesome because as much as I hate to lose him in conference, it's twice as sweet to gain one in, from in conference, <laughs> right? Uh, he was committed yep. from the transfer portal to Oregon State, and I guess it was a verbal commit, obviously, and he, he made his way over to Syracuse. So uh, kudos to, maybe it was an ACC thing, I don't know, but kudos to the coaching staff for that. Out of high school, he was pursued by Arkansas, Georgia, Florida, Florida State, Oklahoma, and Tennessee, uh, among others. So, um, Joe, obviously a little uh, much needed. You got some experience now yeah. with this guy. And ha- having, you know, hopefully Garrett Williams comes back. And we got Deuce on the ends. And having, you know, safety in there in between is going to be uh, key. So, right, um,
2: much needed. Well, and that's the thing, right, too, is like we look at Coley. And we've seen Coley, big guy, but kind of struggles in, in, in pass defense, right? Jason Simmons kind of the same situation right and uh, i mean i, I like Jihad carter i mean they, they go out there and, and i mean they're just not i mean this guy comes in and he's automatically bigger than most of the guys that we have as far as safety goes right um he was highly recruited and obviously he didn't like what he saw at louisville whether it was the depth depth chart or coaching or whoever and um so yeah this is a really really good get uh
3: and to flip him too from oregon is it, is it and the flipping
2: from Oregon state, let's just put it this way in comparison. Um, Oregon if you state. Look yes. at, if you, for instance, sorry. Um, if you were to look at his high school, two, four, seven sports rating, he would be the highest rated player on in our, he'd be our best player in the recruiting class. So just cause he's a transfer, been out of high school for, uh, uh, a year, uh, still got, I think three or four years of eligibility. So this is definitely a, a good get and he's already got the size and, um, you know, this is another guy that I think is just going to ramp ramp up this defense a little bit because I think that, you know, our safety play as far as uh, being able to do uh, one-on-one coverage and in the passing game has kind of hurt us a little bit. And um, I, I look for this guy to come in and shore up. And this is the next guy that I would say I'm expecting um, to uh, play and help. I'd say probably him over Dennis. Probably this guy more than anybody because he's had one year of college and he's got the size and, uh, and speed. So definitely excited about this guy too.
3: Donovan Brown, wide receiver. Okay. I was excited about this guy. I don't know. You tell me, man. Um, he's a huge dude. This is mm-hmm. a massive target. Okay. six three, one eighty. uh, offers from Vanderbilt. I mean, is he an under the radar guy, Joe? Do I get excited about this guy? I mean, mostly excited about his size and obviously, going to be strong um, off the line, and he's got some speed. So yep. for a guy his size,
2: well, and I'll tell you, some speed. Yeah, he's a state champion in track.
3: <laughs> so, so, yeah, some speed.
2: So he's got a little bit of speed. A 6'3", 180. Um, now, again, you look at this guy. He, when we first actually, when he first committed, he was um, he was unranked because people really didn't know about him. I remember reading a story about him going to like some passing leagues and some stuff like that, like in the summer and, and you know, beaten corners and D backs that are, you know, our D one like commits and stuff like that. And, and we ended up, you know, grabbing them and, you know, six three one eighty, great size, obviously state champion and in track, uh, and it's not cross country. So he's fast. Um, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, this guy also has like a chip on his shoulder. He's just like, he's been overlooked. He's been this, he's been that. And again, he had no stars when he committed to us. And all of a sudden, you know, they look at him now. He's a three star in our according to two four seven sports minus the transfer we have, you know, the fourth best um, recruit that we have in this class. So uh, definitely a guy that I'm excited about as well. I don't know if he's going to be able to come in because, again, it's just so many times you will see receivers come in and they lose confidence. But the one thing about this guy is that he's his confidence is sky high. And uh, again, like I said, he's what's his strength? Shot,
3: the strength, man. I mean, you know, you're going to face a lot of these, even these seasoned DBs. They're just not going to be as big and strong as him.
0: I mean, no, he's going to be the overpower. Yeah, I mean,
2: guys. that's yeah, that's true. And you know, he can either run past him or he can jump over him and catch him. Which well, the you, thing which is, is assume, how right?
3: How bad does he get jammed at the line, right? Because obviously, he's yeah, gonna well, be that's using part his of speed.
2: it. Is a true freshman, right? And yeah. then all of a sudden, it's, it is confidence too. An unconfident sure. player, it doesn't really matter. Um, but this guy, like I said, he feels like he's been overlooked. He's got a chip on his shoulder. And we don't have a lot of receivers. Well, that, we
3: need a receiver. We need someone the, to step up. Too. But
2: that's what I'm saying about competition. You know, this yeah. guy's going to come in and he is going to compete against some guys that maybe have lost a little bit of, you know, confidence. With, right. Yeah. So um, who knows what he's going to do to shake stuff up. And, again, I don't know if Don Foster is going to be in that room or not. But. Um, and who else is, you know, we, like, again, we're, we're doing this show, not, not knowing another, you know, 11 to 13 commits. So, um, but as far as right now goes, just getting this guy, I mean, he was underlooked when, uh, we, when he committed to us and then, you know, he stayed committed to us because, you know, we offered him when nobody was looking at him and hopefully we, um, reap those benefits for sure.
3: A huge problem for Syracuse last year was in the punting game. We talked about it numerous times, beyond numerous. Um, <laughs> it was just cringy uh, during the punting situations. It was not – I didn't have confidence. It got a little better towards the end of the year, uh, but it did take <laughs> It did take all year, and that's not saying much when I say it got a little hey, bit look, better.
2: 137 so, out of 140 schools in net putting yards.
3: That's very bad by my math if I carry the one <laughs> carry the one
2: carry, carry the one and the three and uh, I don't do math it's it's, it's, it's low
3: it's mm-hmm. I had to break out the average but bad. it's low um, so this is a, a huge breath of fresh air for me Max Von Marburg uh, look the dude's punting out of Australia right so isn't that a big deal that's a big deal I always hear about these Aussie punters man and
2: um, played against a bunch
3: yeah, so look, I'm excited about this. And I guess, you know, if I had to choose my top three, it would probably be um, him, Donovan Brown, and Braylon Oliver, to be honest with you. I mean, okay. th- that would be if I had to choose a top three.
2: And then. Well, this guy, so. So this guy, again. It, it's
3: hard to get excited about a punter, but remember, I'm a Raiders fan. Punten was look, a big deal.
2: <laughs> okay, well, look, it's a situation too where after seeing last year, you need to bring somebody in because you'd think that we had two walk-on punters and we didn't know what the hell was going on. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, um, I mean, bringing another guy in, I believe at six foot one ninety-two, like he's probably the um, the bigger punter and out of all three and um you know dino said that they've seen enough on tape to bring them in they just brought a, uh, a new special teams uh coach in and i'm sure he had something to do with it and if he signed off then hey you know at at, at worst what's wrong with bringing in another guy that's going to be able to compete put hold a little fire to the feet of these other punters because last year was pathetic
3: it was terrible it was embarrassing 10 yard net on, on more than one. I think it was three. I mean, it's <laughs> freaking terrible. All right, Joe, let's wrap it up. Tell us what you think about Caden Bailey, linebacker. six-two-two-ten, out of Georgia, Kansas State, East Carolina. Uh, some, uh, some of his notable offers, according to Syracuse SI. I mean, look, not exactly jumping off the board here, but what do you think?
2: So he chose us over um, Kansas State. Yes. Which is a de- decent school, you know. Um, but the biggest thing about him is, I mean, it's the pedigree, man. I mean, Caden Bailey, his dad, Boss Bailey, his uncle, Champ, Champ Bailey, right? So uh, he's Georgia boy, two two sport athlete. And to be perfectly honest with you, when I watched this tape, um, he's line, he's he's named as a linebacker, like that's his. He's a linebacker, right? But he's down line, so he's like you know, like Stefan Thompson all the time. As a linebacker, but he's rushing, right? Because, you know, with a 3-3-5, a lot of times you bring up that linebacker to put four men on the line and you rush and everything like that, right? And it seemed like that's exactly the position that he played for the high school. So I'm looking at this guy, and, I mean, he's got good size. I don't know, you know, if he's as big as Stephen Thompson right now, but I'll tell you what, again, another two-sport athlete, played basketball, and he looked a little faster than him. So um, I know he's only a three-star athlete, but – I'll tell you what. Um, I mean, I look at him as minimum helping on special teams, but um, I can also see him being able to, you know, kind of come in and y'all, you know, give Stefan Thompson a breather and, and possibly be able to give us a couple downs a game to go and try to get that quarterback on, on passing downs. Because I'll tell you what, uh, I was pretty impressed. But again, I know it's just tape. But looking at the pedigree and looking at what he can do, he reminded me so much of Stefan Thompson and everything like that. And I know that that's the position they're bringing him in for. Um, Whether or not he plays this year or not, uh, I'm pretty positive that uh, as long as he stays, uh, he's going to be help in the future for sure.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, everything else that comes thereafter, we'll keep you updated. I hope that they reserve some of these scholarships for some some experience. Obviously, this team needs – some guys that can be plug and played immediately in some of those Absolutely. positions that we're, you know, were lacking. And mm-hmm. like Joe said, I mean coach has his wish list. Coach, coach admits, you know, we're about halfway there. Um, I'd like to not go into the season with any scholarships on reserve. And yeah, me too. You, you know what I mean? We we were what, fifteen short last year? I mean, wasn't it? Uh, I don't. I don't know. But it was close. It was like ten or fifteen, I think. So I mean, we we had a small team last year. I mean, and, and everybody was kind of dealing with it. But I just feel like this Syracuse football program, for Dino's sake, they've they've got one more year to make something happen.
4: What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Plus, get free shipping on all orders over seventy-five dollars. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. And,
3: you know what? Well, we'll we'll get we'll get into the, to the rest of it. But, you know, maybe not just like Dino's fault. And, or, you know,
2: anyway. To some no, that's a lot going on, man. Yeah, to you got some new extent. coaches coming in; they're changing. Well, well schemes, I would never so. just
3: blame one guy anyway. You know what I mean? And it's easy to do
2: because he's the most. Well, he's good- the man, so he'll yeah, take the blame yeah,
3: anyway. Ex- exactly, and that's what leaders do: leaders take blame, not responsibility. Yep. Uh, all right, look one more time. Head to your iOS or Android stores. download the Green Room Spotify app. It's freaking free. Go there, sign up. All you need to use name an email address and a password follow us at Qs Militia sign up for notifications when we go live you can get notified and you can join us there in the Spotify green room you don't have to just listen to us though you can listen to plenty of other things and uh, topics from pop culture to music uh, movies um, art dance whatever the hell you want I promise you it's on there um, <laughs> and uh, you can start your own thing you, you can record your session And what that'll do is all you need is your phone. You record your session and it'll send you an MP3 of your recording, man. You can download that or upload that, excuse me, to any podcast platform. And boom, that's all you need. The cheapest, easiest way to get on this show and do your own. Imagine that. So go to your iOS or Android stores now, Spotify, Green Room app. Thank you. Okay. All right. So look, we're in pause. All right. We're in pause. Everything's paused syracuse men's basketball got Time some out got some positive cases and uh look new york this isn't shouldn't come as a surprise unfortunately everybody s- knew that cases were going to arise as it gets colder and people go indoors so it shouldn't be a surprise and with that said the dome uh th- i saw this over at noons um Some things that should bring fans into the dome. You want me to give you the list? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would call this article if I was to write it. (laughs) Things to bring fans into the dome. Here's the list. All fans age five and up are required to provide proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. Uh, Mm. Proof must be shown at the gate to security uh, entry to the stadium. Newborns, Newborns to age four do not require vaccination or a test result. To enter the facility. Um, Okay, guess my five-year-old's not going. uh, Or up. All right. Uh, The Courtside Lounge will be closed. Exciting. Club 44 will be closed. Exciting. No food or alcohol will be served at the stadium. Water, soft drinks, and coffee will be available for purchase at the cashless registers. Well, you allowed to bring in snacks, Sean? No, this is like the movie theater, bro. If you bring them in, you sneak them in.
2: Well, I'm just saying, if you're not offering food, you should be allowed to bring some in, eh?
3: Look, this is one thing that's beautiful about NASCAR races. You you bring whatever the hell you want into there. As long as it's in a soft cooler and it's not glass, you can bring it in. You can make your sandwiches, you can cook burgers, wrap them in tinfoil, whatever you want. Um, you know, they're not trying to extort money from everybody. But you should at least be able to bring water in. I mean, even... Even uh, Lane Stadium in Blacksburg let us bring our own water in, and they had refilling stations so you could refill your water. So uh, as far as other stuff, though, I don't know. It didn't say. Uh, Pre-game courtside gatherings will be prohibited. So there you go. Also goes on to say Syracuse also announces the continuation of existing public health policies, including requiring masks inside the Dome, which has been a complete failure because no one's doing it. So now... You've got to go back and try to enforce this. It's never going to happen. Uh, depending on, I mean, maybe because of the lack of people, uh, Syracuse Athletics noted that these these changes will remain in effect until further notice. Okay. So. Um, it's very disappointing. I understand it. I am not saying that we, we, we should be playing with positive players, players testing positive. But, however, However, the NFL has realized that the season cannot be finished, Joe, unless they make some kind of compromise with the players. The players are fully vaccinated, and they've, they are testing positive. Just like the NFL, I will guarantee you, as young and healthy as these players are, they don't even know they're freaking positive.
2: Most are symptomatic. The only reason they know is because they're being tested. It's
3: because they're being tested. Right. So... By the way, 42 years old, I would not have known unless my wife tested positive. Because she lost her sense of smell, so she got tested. I said, well, shit. I know I'm going to be positive, but I'm going to go get tested just to be sure. Because, obviously, for work purposes, I have to do that. And I don't want to be at work. You know, obviously. I'm not a freaking idiot. So, in my case, I wouldn't have known. If my wife hadn't lost her sense of smell and tested positive, I would have never known. Okay? Joe, you had it. You, were, you, were, um, you had a fever and, and, and chills and stuff for about a day, and then you lost your sense of taste. Yeah. And, and, and you would have known eventually, but you, you, you went and got tested when, you, when the fever hit. Because of work, right? Because you didn't want to...
2: No, I went and got... It all happened over the weekend. I went and got tested because I lost my uh, sense of smell and taste on the Sunday. So I knew that that was what the situation was. And because I still had mild symptoms, I knew I probably had a chance to spread it if I came to work.
3: Right. And and that that would be irresponsible of you because you wouldn't want to do that.
2: So I tested positive on a Monday and my work said I can't come back for 10 days, even though six days later I tested negative.
3: Okay, exactly. Well, I mean, right. I mean, who knows? I don't know how. I, I had a 10-day grace period for me, so I have no idea. if It's I, the problem. So so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Back to my point. we we, we were just doing yeah, our we personal experiences. Too. I wouldn't have known I was positive. My point is that many of these players don't know they're positive. They know they're positive because they're, they're getting tested. What the NFL has decided to do, Joe, is let these players play asymptomatic because we and look, I get nasty emails every time we talk about this stuff. I went on, mm-hmm. I went on Twitter, okay, and, and let me just let me just say that um, Twitter is a joke. If you're gonna threaten to unfollow me on Twitter because I say Fauci's a quack, <laughs> uh, <laughs> then I, don't
1: I don't then don't threat,
3: don't, don't, do it. don't threaten me. I don't respond to threats. I don't care. I don't need you to follow me on Twitter. I love our listeners here, and I do respect them, and I don't like to get into this stuff on the show, but it, 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 it is obviously affecting the season, so it is the elephant in the room, and if you listen to the show and you're on Twitter, then you know what transpired over the weekend, and all I said was you'll never be fully vaccinated uh, because that Quack Fauci is always moving the goalposts. Between Syracuse, Cornell, and Lehigh, how many players are not vaccinated? Joe, we all know the answer to that. It was a rhetorical question, and Mm -hmm. and that was all I had to say. But you can't say that. I can read everybody else's stuff on there and everybody else's political views and scroll right by it, but as soon as I post something, people are threatening to unfollow me. Just do it. Don't, Don't even waste your time. With, <laughs> with the, gonna, should, I should I unfollow? Should I unfollow? Yes, you should. You should unfollow. Because I'm not going to sit here and beg and plead for your bullshit follow on Twitter. I don't care. I don't care. I hate nope. Twitter. I tell you guys all the time. I don't care. The it's people, not a real place. The people who listen to this show, I really do care. I really do care. And I really hope that because you, you listen to this show, that here's the thing. I disagree with a lot of people. And their thoughts on the vaccine and their thoughts on fauci but you know what I respect them I don't trash them or call them names which I was called names and called an airhead and called
2: no, you're respecting you know,
3: person I respect right? personal people's opinions, right? I respect people's personal opinions I am I am not a hateful person until but I'll tell you what you come at me and ple- I beg for that stuff sometimes because I miss it because I don't do it on Twitter. But but the people who listen to the show I do respect and I do love you guys and I and I and I would never I would never want to get into any kind of pissing match with you about anything. But I promise you, threatening I've gotten threats before to not listen to the show because once because Joe was unvaccinated and then earlier in the COVID stuff about not wearing masks. And I'm sorry I don't respond well to that. And 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 so anyways, with that said. I just realized that the Raiders were playing. <laughs> and I missed the whole game. So, anyways, don't tell me. Don't tell me.
2: I have no idea. I, I know, don't watch I don't, the Raiders. I don't, I don't even watch I know. my Giants.
3: I, I know. I, don't, I haven't watched the Raiders Look, at the much the all day, year, like I but I just got tested. a test.
2: situation where we've never been in a situation where we always test people, right? Because you don't get tested or you don't go to the doctors unless you have symptoms. Why? Because if you don't have symptoms, then you can't get people sick. Well, and stop it's right there
3: because I had said before early in this thing asymptomatic people can't spread this thing. I was at work for three days probably with asymptomatic being asymptomatic, okay, not knowing, not having any idea. I was around tons of people, as and no one, no one, dude. The got day it.
2: I got nobody, sick, I, I, the day I got sick, I moved and I was around 12 different people all day moving, and not until about four hours after we moved and everyone left that I started feeling symptoms. Nobody else got sick. So again, people move the goalposts, whatever it is. At the end of the day, there is such thing as viral loads. At the end of the day, the bottom line is is that you can still test positive but not be in a situation where your viral load is high enough to pass the virus to somebody else. So right now we have over 100 NFL players that are in safety protocol and they're asymptomatic. They're perfectly fine. And they could-
3: that's the Omicron. The Omicron! The world's shutting down for Omicron, dude. Okay. It's, it's highly transmissible. We get it. But on the flip side of that, Joe... It's not putting a ton of people in it. When it was in South Africa, it wasn't putting a ton of people in the hospital. Okay, from and I, what think I there's understand, like one... there's
2: still zero deaths.
3: Okay. I heard one, but let's no. say it's one. The cases really is what is what everybody's going off of, but it doesn't – it shouldn't be about cases. It should be about hospitalizations and death. Right. And, you know, you get a lot of cold cases throughout the year and yeah. it doesn't Flu. necessarily trans transpire into, into, into hospitalizations and deaths. And with the Omicron stuff, if it's anything like South Africa, it's going to be pretty mild, but it's going to spread all over the place, right? And so um, if that's, you know, if it's it, it, Omicron's, the Omicron cases in South Africa would be like the first um, con- control group, really is what it comes I down mean,
2: to. I mean, we can talk about all this, but, uh, but like, since when in life has someone been worried about somebody who's sick that doesn't go to the hospital or die? Um, like normally you're sick. Okay. All right. Well, see you in a couple days, right? Like that's, I mean, again, we wouldn't even know if we weren't testing every day and they're forcing people to test. I think the NFL is opening up and you know what, um, the people that want to get tested and want to wear the mask, they allow that option for them. But for some of these players, I mean, that's their livelihood. That's their profession. Um, they've been vaccinated. They, they they follow the protocols. They've done everything that that the whole NFL and everybody has told them to do. And still, they catch it. They're asymptomatic. They're perfectly fine sitting at home. And they're losing paychecks because they can't play in which a situation where they wouldn't even have been sick and even – Passed it to somebody else if they didn't take the test in the first place. So I think the NFL is on the right track and I just hope that, um, you know, other sports leagues, companies and corporations and stuff like that can kind of get on the same page. Well, it seems uh, like,
3: that's my point, it seems like it's getting it's going the opposite, Joe. We went through Delta which was more virulent and more um, aggressive and the Omicron isn't even affecting the lungs which is good, which is really good. It's affecting the throat and the nasal passages, right? So according to the studies that I No, at the end of the
2: day, I mean, I guess there's got to be a a different way, right? I mean, obviously, if this is what everyone says it is, and obviously the science is changing all the time, the goalposts are moving, and this this, isn't that right. I mean, you have players that have been vaccinated. You have players that have done everything that they can to follow the protocols and people are still catching it and people are still dealing with this stuff. So at some point, um, you know, the, the rules and the protocols, they got to change a little bit because this just really doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and, uh, as they learn more then they should be able to, to, um, you know, change those, those type of rules, but to, to do what they're doing with certain players and certain things to where, People aren't even getting symptoms. I mean, we should start doing, look what NFL said. They're going to be looking at the symptoms. If you got symptoms, okay, well, they come over here, step over here, get tested, right? Like, that's what it is.
3: Yeah, well, you can't play. You have to quarantine. Why Why? why make the rest just of your team Just because do it? of a
2: positive test, right? Yeah. And that's the thing, is for the longest time, I think, for the last two years, they've just been talking about tests, like you said. But they haven't been talking about people that have been symptomatic, right, until now, after two years, you know, you got these NFL players that are like, you know we're losing money. You know these guys got bonus incentives in their contracts. Uh, you know you don't get paid if you don't practice, you don't play, and they're sitting at home, perfectly healthy, with you know a small enough viral ro- viral load to where they can, you know, test positive for a test, but they can't pass it to anybody, and they still can compete in a good enough way to where they can still play. So at the end of the day, um, you know it's it's nice to see this type of thing step up, but then at the same time. Like I said, um, you know, it's, it's for their own personal benefit and, you know, that's what they're fighting for. Right. So, um, I don't know what it's going to take for other companies and other organizations and stuff like that. And, you know, you look at hockey and they're dealing with a different country if you want to go that route. So, um, you know, there's different things that go with it, but, um, you know, it's, it's finally a league that woke up and said, Hey, like we're doing everything you're telling us to do. And, uh, it's just not making sense. So, they're going with the symptoms and, and they know with the science and with every, regardless of what, whoever, whatever news organization wants to, to, you know, broadcast whatever they want to broadcast at the end of the day, asymptomatic people, people, without, but people without symptoms can't spread it regardless of what people say. And if you listen to the right doctors and the right podcasts, you know that, um, well, that's but, just
3: it. It's so polarized now that, you know, in, 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 we're, people are being pinned against one another based on their beliefs and that comes from the media and it comes from bureaucrats and it comes from politicians and right. it's and it's t- and it's too bad and those What's... those those three those three entities by the way bureaucrats media and politicians have been dividing this country ever since they were introduced to society and right. that's what they do and you have to cut through the static and Do your own research. You have to do your own research. Okay, first, that's out. That's that's the first thing. Obviously, all the data is there. You know the VAERS report. If you want to get that and download that, you can download that from the CDC website. All of that stuff is there. And um, personal experience is is sometimes not an argument, but it is it is if you've you know like my wife's a pharmacist. Okay, if you didn't know, if I haven't already said it. Uh, I hear stuff every day, you know the good, bad, and the ugly of it. And I'm not just talking about vaccines. I'm talking about COVID in general, and um, it's ugly. And Joe and I have never come on here and said it wasn't ugly, okay? But the one thing we can say is that when we hear people say, "Well, it's science, science," don't you don't you believe in science? Well, yeah, I do, and that's why I've said before that asymptomatic spread isn't a thing. And has proven throughout this whole thing to not be a thing, and that's why the NFL is doing what they're doing. And so, what it is with a lot of these big entities like the NCAA, Joe, is to they don't want to be the first. So the NFL's right. the NFL's paved that way. We're gonna be the first. Okay. Now, it's, really it's, everybody's, it's, it's everybody else's, the ball's in everybody else's court right now. I would have never thought that the NFL would have been the ones to do this. But well. let's be honest, they were hit. Everybody's been hit. The pockets have been hit. This decision yeah. by the dome comes from the athletic department, I believe. Uh, if I remember right. Yes, I think it did. And, and so, you know, what's, what's Wild Hack doing? I mean, wh- 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 where's the spine on some of these people to, to, to say, you know what, let's, let's, okay, all right, look, you wanna wear the mask? Wear the mask. Okay, we'll have to wear the mask. But you're having five year olds and in, in, in stuff require proof of vaccination. I mean, this is, this is total madness, okay? No. And all you're gonna do is kill your freaking ticket sales. You're gonna kill them. You're gonna kill attendance. You're gonna kill the sales. You're gonna, you're gonna kill the atmosphere. That we that we've had.
2: Uh, possibly this is your fans.
3: This is this is, yes, very true, Joe. And this is a decision that should be on the people who go to the game. If you don't, if you're scared and you want to go to the game, then don't go to the game. We're never going to get an accurate idea of why there's no asses in the seats. Is it the is it the protocols they put in place, or is it people that are scared? Probably a little bit of both, right?
2: Is it the product on the field? Is it
3: right? That you're well,
2: not, uh, serving beer and food.
3: I'd say I'd say a little bit of everything for being fair. Right. No, no. But, but but if you don't change anything, like you but said, you, you don't can't, know what the if, cause you, is, if so. you don't make it better to or easier to be there. You'll never know. That's auto, by the way.
2: You yeah. he, you and The problem is, out. too, is is that like, again, you're banking on, you know, NFL, that's all personal gain. Right. As far as when it comes to the owners, the coaches and the players. Right. But when it comes to, you know, college players in the college and everything with NCAA, it's proven that, you know, they care more about lining their pockets than, you know, the health and safety and, you know, the kids. Right. So to speak. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a situation where, you know, I, I as sad as it sounds. I don't as long as there's somebody else that's putting enough money in the NCAA's pockets to make them enforce these rules, then I don't see a change. And it's sad, but true.
3: I don't either. And coach has been awfully quiet on it. We haven't heard his thoughts, unless I missed it. Um, I don't. Know, have you heard anything, Joe? No, Say I haven't anything? heard anything. Nope. Okay. So, um, his silence is deafening on this. I think he has like legit pull. Uh, I don't know what Wild Heck's doing. Uh, as I said before, we before I did the second read there, talking about other other people to blame other than Dino Babers. I mean, look, it's time to take a look at John Wildhack and some of the stuff that he's doing, in my opinion, and I don't think it's anything egregious. I just think that people are scared, like I said, to be the first to, to do things. And sometimes you just gotta you gotta have some better information, I think. I don't look, has there been a major outbreak in the dome? I mean there hasn't been like there hasn't been a ton of masking. Come on, cat. There, there hasn't been, there hasn't been like masked up people in droves inside the dome, right? No. Okay.
2: But you got to look with your eyes, right? Like at the end of the day, they've done the vaccines, they've done the social distancing, the protocols, the masks. They've done all this. What has changed? What is different?
3: Well, a, vi- a virus, gonna virus, bro. That's the. <laughs> that's
2: that's a, my point, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, what is different? Why are we still going and doing these things? When we know that what we should be looking at is the early because treatment. Because it's perception. And looking at people with symptoms, because right? Because they don't... That's what we should be looking
3: at. Right. And people, people don't want to be criticized for having a lackadaisical approach to this because then they're going to be called murderers. And that's what we do. We demonize people who, who are, are, are... you know, deep. Look at Florida. Look at the governor of Florida. They call him Roth, Ron Death Santis. And like hello, just look at his numbers. It's not even close to true. So uh, it's mm-hmm. a no win. It's a no win. I'm sure I'm going to get nasty emails, and people are going to are going to no. you know hate hate not us now because of because look, of, because of our opinions to, on.
2: You it. can listen to what the media is saying, or you can actually look it for yourself and look at your eyeballs. Hey, there's just, look, there's stuff out there that literally tells you the truth, and literally things are being reported the exact opposite. They're just banking on. American citizens to not go and do their own homework. So that's just what it is. You can get all upset, you can do what you want, you can unfollow. At the end of the day, it's gotta be a conversation without being over emotional and you know, that's just where it is. You know, we respect everyone's opinion and we expect the same in return.
3: Yeah, I would never I would never be egregiously rude or nasty or call you names. Right. If you approach me in a
2: well, that's one of the things, right? It's like we're, we're just speaking our opinion. We're speaking our minds, right, in, in, in what we think, and we're not individually you know, pointing it toward anybody.
3: And I haven't you know, said – Now, any, if somebody
2: wants to take it personal because they don't agree, then that's something different. But at the end of the day, if you don't agree with what we're saying, guess what? We just want you to know that we agree with your opinion and what your choice was too, just even if we don't agree. But we're not gonna sit there in and, and pass judgment and, and be nasty about it.
3: I read stuff And we
2: respect the same Yeah. And we expect expect the same respect.
3: But but that's not how things are. And that's fine. No, no, and no so, not, in the, and, not
2: in fake Twitter world, no. no. People can hide behind their, 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 their keyboards, so they're gonna Well you're right, you but Twitter's well, we gonna have, tweet.
3: We've we've we have a lot of listeners that only that are not on social media that only listen to the show via podcast. And I have gotten those emails. And they tell me, hey, I'm not on social media. I listen to the show. And I don't appreciate X, Y, or Z. And we've, yeah. we've had those. But, you know, you always hear. I, we do get plenty of positive positives ones. But the, yeah. you, you, you get more negative than you do positive. Cause when that's people, fine. Because when people are upset and they reach out and they have something to say, and that's fine. And, by the way, everybody has been pretty respectful
4: pretty respectful via email via email right like, yes that's fine, right
3: right but in public on twitter which is not a real place
2: right um, but if you decide that you don't want to listen to us because i chose not to get vaccinated then i mean that's that's your own choice i mean go for it you're not going to change my mind i'm obviously not going to change yours i mean we're supposed to be sitting here talking about sports anyway right but no, at the end of the day like we've chose to, the, we're not backing away from this topic anymore like i think we're both done and you guys can either choose to to listen or not is really what it comes down to because it is affecting sports and um, we're going to talk about it.
3: Right. It's a part of sports. So if we were to sit here and say, you know, push the vaccine and push mass and push mandates and push fans out of the stadiums. And that would be okay with a lot of people and they would agree and they'd be fine with it. But as soon as we take a different stance, it's all of a sudden, you know, right. the, you know, the worst of the worst is, is thought of us. And look, um, we appreciate everybody. I, I can't tell you how many private conversations I've had and how many times I've said it on the podcast, I appreciate all you guys that listen. I don't, I don't give a crap, by the way, about the Twitter followers. I obviously, I have more Twitter followers than we do listeners. And I, I don't give a crap if they want to unfollow. But I, I want to let you know that, that I do scroll past stuff all the time that I disagree with, but I respect everybody's opinion, and I don't want to get in a pissing match. And after all, this is a Syracuse sports podcast. We have, a, we have, on the show, avoided talking about anything controversial for quite some time because there hasn't been a reason to do it. And there is no reason to do it unless it affects the sport it affects, and it affects the Syracuse program, which is why... I took to Twitter the other day, which is why we're having this conversation now. And um, we never would just come on here and start ranting about politics. By the way, the thing that made this political, unfortunately, was the fact uh, that there was, that Trump was president. So that's how it became political. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they jumped all over. Everybody jumped all over the chance to be, make it political when, Trump, when it's happening under Trump. And um, you know he was coming out with the vaccine. I do remember Joe Biden and even Kamala Harris talking about they're not going to take the the Trump vaccine, okay. And now we're supposed to take it or we're murderers or whatever. So it just is it's it's madness, guys. Like we're all freaking Americans. Let's let's be Americans and push past this petty bullshit. And um, you know, as soon as as soon as the program starts back up i think they're going to start back up against georgia tech at least i would expect it joe i haven't heard anything else um be, not yet be, nope it'd be the 29th which is uh saturday right would it be yeah it'd be this saturday after christmas right no it'd be tuesday after christmas correct you got Man. a calendar? It would be. Uh, it'd be Tuesday. I have no
2: idea. I it'd, don't even know what day it is. I'm so damn it, it, busy. It'd, it'd be, it'd 29th be is a Wednesday.
3: Wednesday. Okay. All right. That makes more sense
2: because that's. Makes right. sense. It's math and all that stuff. It's
3: math and all that, that stuff and carrying the one and whatnot. And Christmas yeah, yeah. is on a Saturday. So anyways, yeah, that makes sense. So it's a Wednesday. Yeah, so yeah. we'll see what happens after Christmas. And by the way, after that, this cat's driving me nuts. So we got to go. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know how he got in here. Uh, and after that,
2: <laughs> it's a ghost.
3: I, I'm serious. I don't know. He wants to go outside, and he's not allowed outside. So I don't know what he's doing, and he doesn't usually get like this unless there's a female out there. So there must be mm-hmm. some cat out there. It's anyways, the calling. Yeah. All right. um, anyways, look, guys, we love you guys. Um, I hope uh, we didn't step on too many toes. But, you know, um, if you want to send me a nasty gram, that's fine. If you're going to unfollow or stop listening, that's fine. But uh, just If you want to have a
2: conversation, that's fine.
3: Exactly. That's fine, too. But the best place to do it is uh, cordially on email, at Cuse Militia, if you do. Or, hell, you can come in and fan feedback and talk about it. At some point, it's still going to be a topic because I feel like we're going to struggle with this all year. Uh, If the rules don't change, this is going to get worse before it gets better. So, yep. anyways, uh, with that said, we will be back as needed. I guess what we're going to have to do is just keep our eye on these games. And uh, my brother-in-law thinks it's not going to be for months until we see Syracuse back on the court. I totally disagree. Um, hey, Merry
2: Christmas,
3: by Yeah, the way. we got Georgia, Georgia Tech on the horizon. Everybody, hope you have a Merry Christmas. Enjoy the time with your families. We'll be back here as soon as possible for Joe. I'm Sean out.
2: Peace.